Thanks, Lisa, for joining me today. Um, you and your family just started attending our church not even one year ago. Um, and that. <laughs> you and your husband were one of the few in our group cohort to be baptized in our new sanctuary. And um, you have two boys, seven and four years old. And so um, today I wanted to just talk about your, your story, your salvation testimony, and to just recount God's work in your life um, since you had recently become a believer, maybe like a year ago? Uh, yes, I think okay. just barely, yeah, probably around last April. Okay, so, um, wow, let's see. Let's start off by talking about your upbringing. You said in your, your testimony that you grew up in Taiwan and moved to America when you were 12, and your family had practices with Taoism and Buddhism. Is that uh -huh. true? Yes. Was that like a family religion, or was that more like a cultural thing that you did? It's... I think it's mainly cultural, but I think for my family, it was really engraved in that. And I think there's also a very superstitious element to it. Um, just like, you know, like certain things you should do, should not do, which right. I often question why. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so I think it's that environment, but you know, the older generation really, you know, believe or practice, yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, I guess in your testimony, you had described uh, what your life was like um, prior to becoming a Christian, which was a majority of your life. Um, you described yourself as someone younger who was really high achieving. You were a perfectionist, a people pleaser, anything under 100% was not considered good enough, but you were also, you described yourself as being arrogant and prideful and empty and sometimes depressed. <laughs> so can you like share like how you remember um, yourself and like, was this most of your life or your childhood or when, when was all this taking place? Um, I think... I, since I was a little, like, I felt like, like, I felt quite um, arrogant, like, because I, I was always trying to achieve, like, be the best in class, or please, like, the grown-ups, you know, and I think naturally, I just pick up what pe other people want, and what the world wants, and, and I think I was uh, gifted um, in the sense of that I was able to deliver it, so, then, so I, I think in a hindsight that um, probably like as little as I, I, I mean, I don't remember when, but since like even before um, elementary school, like I, my, I have a brother that's a year older than me. So then I started reading um, what he was doing at school. So basically I was learning together with him. So everything kind of started earlier than, than other kids and I picked up things faster. Um, and naturally, grace didn't, wasn't hard for me, you know, I, I didn't study that hard, but I was able to, to perform well, and I think that even boosted the, the pride even further, 
Um, but I think, yeah, so very early on, I kept chasing what other people want, what, what would be pleasing to the world, to other people. And I think there's a part of me that really felt empty. It's just like, no matter how much I, I chase, it would just never be enough, you know? And, and then, and then I remember in elementary school, I even came to a conclusion that it was so hard to, to be high up because like, it's kind of like, if anything less than perfect or close to perfect, then that was be considered a failure to me. And there was barely any room for improvement at that point. And to try to hold up to, to be at that level, it, it was a lot of stress and a lot of emptiness, questioning why, <laughs> like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Do you, where would you say the value to be high achieving came from? Like the pressure that this is, how you should work hard for was it was that pressure coming from anyone or anywhere I think it was a combination um like parents expectations but I think naturally that people feel happy when people give them like you know when you receive praise and compliments. right right so I think that and seems it, it you know I, I think maybe I was getting addicted to that like I really crave for that attention the, the praise and compliments and and the more I do that the more and then then later on it comes to a part when I don't deliver I felt like that would disappoint my parents since mm -hmm. you know, that's like a norm for them and if I perform any less you know it seems like um yeah like embarrassment or <laughs> like it would yeah like a failure yeah. to them yeah yeah can you share a little bit about your college experience and what happened there? A little uh, on the academic side. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. yeah, so like um, when I came, I came, I moved to US when I was like 12 year old. And so I had to overcome the language barrier. But um, then uh, story short, yeah, even though I was sort of struggling through actually depression and emptiness while I actually started in high school, but somehow I think I really suppressed that and I did well enough and then I got um, accepted to UC Berkeley. Then, but I felt like once I was being left alone without parents, without that, um, somebody next to me and kind of like I had to meet up the expectation too. I felt like I, I kind of crashed and then like I went to a, a place of just really questioning, wondering about life. And then, and also I was struggling with um, my own body image. Um, so which led to like eating disorder as well. And I and my depression basically just like full blown. Like it started in high school. But I remember actually one time I really broke down in high school and then I cried and in front of my mom, I didn't want to go to school. I, I asked her what was the point of life? You know, um, I felt so empty. And her answer was um, like, you read too many weird like books <laughs> and articles. Like she didn't know how to answer me. And she say, oh, the purpose of life is just, you know, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you live your life. And that, that's her, her meaning of that, um, life, which did not satisfy me at mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that was, I mean, I knew she couldn't give me the answer. So I think I just like hide the emotion 
and just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. But then that question never got answered until mm-hmm. I finally met God. <laughs> okay, so moving along your life, um, by the time you became a parent, you had uh, written about how you were even more confused about life and just uh, that whole lifestyle change made you feel this stronger desire for some kind of guide for you and your family. So can you share a little bit about like the story with your pediatrician and, you know, how that kind of catapulted Mm -hmm. your search for faith even more? Yeah, like, I think that I always had uh, wonder about what's the meaning of life and then I think there's a part of me which I share at women's group that it was kind of dark like because I felt like I really wish that I never existed or I wish I never was born not because I was depressed all the time but just feeling like how transient life is and or and I didn't find really tr- a true purpose for it um, but when you have kids obviously I felt like that that is something really sad if your own kid feels that way. You know, I oh, think yeah. by, by myself, I'm just like, I never existed. I felt like, well, that's my problem. But if my own kids felt that way, I felt it's kind of problematic. And I think that that was something that kind of really probed me to think further. Mm-hmm. And as I also, um, and then yeah, and my older son, Aiden's um, pediatrician, um, even though I just met him like once a year, um, you know, when I talk to him about parenting, he will bring up that how important it is to um, set a foundation for the kid by the time they are six year old. Um, I mean, he didn't mean specifically what, but I think just that in, in terms of your values, your structure, um, because it, it gets harder um, after that. I think that's what he meant. And he somehow, he I don't think he's a Christian, but he threw in like, I don't know how Christian parents do it, but they seem to get it done done right um yeah and then just like I felt like I kind of owe it to myself and the kids to really check it check it out you know yeah. what Christian parents are doing it right about yeah um, mm-hmm. so basically you're right when it comes to your own life it's like eh, if, if I don't get it right like there's nothing to lose I missed out but if if when you have kids there's more accountability to figure out like those answers that you don't, that you didn't, maybe you didn't care as much about, but you're right. As a parent, you have this responsibility to invest in the future and raise them with the best, you know, knowledge, but ultimately to be able to offer them a a true answer about what's true and what is right versus wrong. So um, that's, that's neat that, um, that that pediatrician of yours who isn't even a believer was able to bring your mind to to searching for more answers, Um, which leads to your, um, some of the steps that you started taking after around that time Mm -hmm. period where you had um, some Christian friends that you were in touch with and you said that you um, looked online for some sources that talked about God and Jesus, some pastors, preaching videos and teaching videos. So you want to share a little bit about that journey? I think uh, one of the um, pastors um, um, talks on YouTube, he was he really 
influenced a lot or at least he made me question a lot about what I was thinking. Um, it's like he, he has a YouTube channel called Ask Cliff and he would go around many different um, co colleges um, around United States and then just answer your questions, engage in talks. And then one thing that really kept repeatedly um, that he would ask the students, which I felt like I was one of the students in the video is um, he questioned about the faith that we put ourselves, like even not talking about Christian putting their faith in Jesus, just questioning our own faith in our daily life. Do we put our faith in money, in power, in sex, in family? And what is the evidence for that, right? I mean, so people mm -hmm. question what was the evidence for, for to put faith in Christianity, but what is our, you know, the non-believers evidence, right? Which I wasn't a believer at that time. And it really, it really made me um, question like, oh, like, gosh, like, I know all the stuff I keep living for is transient, it's long lasting, and um, it's empty. Um, but why I keep my faith in those things, you know, over mm -hmm. and over again. And then, and I think one of the videos, um, he said that it is a wise um, I mean, he talked about the evidence, you know, for why Jesus is reliable. Um, Jesus is who he say he is. Um, and he said that it is a really wise decision to put um, your faith in, in Christ, in Jesus. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, just kind of overall, right? I mean, it just kind of really lead me to like there, you know, there's the, all my prior beliefs or the faith I put it in. And there's this... Mm -hmm this person who delivers, right, who says something very differently, who's very wise, and I don't know him that much yet, you know, but it does seem more, it, it does seem a better choice to put my faith in that person than whatever I was holding on to. So I think I, I kind of took that step to really start, like, following Jesus, even though I really wouldn't say like I was a believer at that time, but I decided that it is wise to just start following Jesus. I think, yeah, that's how I begin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, can you clarify who helped you um, say your first prayer and ask ask Jesus to you know surrender your life to Him? Like, was it through that online? pastor or was there someone who actually you got to talk to and you got prayed for no I, I think it was that pastor pastor cliff um like at the end of several of his videos and he would he would tell people the audience that um he thinks it's really a wise decision to put your faith in jesus i mean of course he laid out many different reasons prior to that and he will be like like, I hope you make that decision today. And I think that just one of the days that I felt like my heart was just saying, just kind of screaming, yelling, and like, I really agree. You know, like, I really agree. Like, I felt like I heard so much and like so many reasonings, so many different points. I'm like, I, I agree. It is a wise decision to put a faith in Christ. And yeah, I don't think any, I mean, no one led me to the prayer, but uh, from then on, though, um, I talked to my Christian friend and then um, started doing the daily Bible reading with them because um, um, it's a couple. And then um, so, I mean, not 
I haven't, I done it for most days, um, but not every day, but it is a daily Bible reading by uh, Compass Bible Church. Um, yeah, that's where I started kind of attending initially, but it's too far from where we live. <laughs> Praise God that that form of resource really um, was able to point you to the truth and um, lead you to um, faith in Jesus Christ. So um, when you decided to really make that decision, was it like an immediate uh, turning point or did you have to work out any thoughts or doubts that you had, reservations? Um, there are definitely still a lot of questions and doubts and the change is not immediate, but I, I felt the turning point was more like a, a direction, right? Like before they was kept looking at me, 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 pride, pride, pride yeah. in the world. <laughs> so We understand um, that struggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so and then after that, it's just like, well, let, let's look at God. Let's look at the Bible. Let's look at Jesus. And mm -hmm. then... Um, that's learned about that. So I felt like it's like a directional change, but the changes I see myself definitely did not happen immediately. Um, but, but I can feel the, the excitement, I guess, that to, to finally see something beyond what, like, you know, to kind of jump out from what I was struggling with, which is unknown, uncertainty, confusion, and to finally start looking at something possibly can offer me an answer. I think that that's how I felt in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and more than answers, you started experiencing peace. You want to share a little about uh, that? Yeah, peace is definitely something I felt is it can seem so abstract, but it's so real. And then I think right before I became a believer, actually my family got COVID. And I felt like it was such a big contrast, like in the hindsight, like when I was, when our family was going through COVID, like me and Sam and the kids, it was, um, it was so much fear, anxiety, and completely opposite of peace. So, mm -hmm. and I felt like, um, after knowing God, I have learned to put my, um, I mean, I, I think it just really makes such a big difference to, to really develop the, the trust, um, and knowing that God is in control, um, God is at work and not about what I feel, what I think, what I want, but somebody higher who is loving, who is faithful is being there that you can trust and he's taking care of you know um mm -hmm. who's taking care of us yeah so mm -hmm. i feel like that peace that sense of in some way maybe assurance and mm -hmm. at ease you know um is something that i never felt before because before it would have always been so many um questions or unknowns right i mean i can never be sure if it's going to be okay you know, out of exactly. my own knowledge, right. Doing, right? There's never assurance um, from that. Yeah. Yeah. What assurance that we have in a sovereign God who's in control of the future uncertainties. 
So this past year, just having, you know, your church routine, the new church community and all your fellowship and Sunday services and how, what is the greatest area that you feel like God's really worked in your heart personally? Sorry, um, this is, a, I'm just throwing off this question. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I think definitely what we have said earlier, um, peace. Um, I remember, um, like, because the changes wasn't immediate. And honestly, in the beginning, when I started follow, decided to follow Christ, I felt like there's this, still this sense of uncertainty or confusion. It, not in the sense of that I didn't believe so much in God. I felt like it was just such a long, long time habit that um, having the thought of, I wish I I was never born. So a lot of time I would really have that sense of, um, I don't know what's a better word for it, but just like, you know, I would wake up and I would be like, oh, I'm still alive. Why? Now, not in a negative way, but just a confused way. Like, oh, I, I am still alive. Um, and I felt, I remember um, I was also doing the BSF, the Bible study fellowship. And then they asked um, what we would like to ask God for the year. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to feel that way. You know, like, you know, it's not healthy and it's not something I like. Um, so I started praying and asked God for, for God's love and peace in my heart. So uh -huh. instead of questioning God why, I started to invite God into my heart. That's great. And, wow. Yeah. And then I felt like. And I, I don't know, like, I just remember, like, and then starting this year, somehow I, I just don't feel that way. And then, and it was just amazing that I remember waking up in the morning and instead of uh, me, because, you know, you don't think too much when you wake up. It was just like whatever you feel or think at the time. I remember waking up and just like, oh, God, like, thank you. I'm alive. Like, just feeling that joy of being alive. And I felt that was something like, I had never felt because I always wake up feeling confused or like wondering why <laughs> and then just simply having that joy of God's gift for sustaining my life and being alive and I think that is true personal joy to me and and I honestly felt like that's a true person that's a true joy that um a best gift that for me, what my person, what I can give to my kids personally to feel, to let them see the joy in me instead of confusion, <laughs> uh, living confusion. Yeah. That's, so. <laughs> that's really beautiful because joy is one of those characteristics that we're supposed to be full of as Christians, you know, like we're supposed to be joyful in every every season of life, in every circumstance, we're supposed to have that joy. So I, I like what you said that you, um, instead of starting, instead of asking God the why questions, like you, you started inviting him for mm -hmm. those, the, to have the, the peace and the joy. And I think that that is a, a turning point in you know, the way we relate with God, if we ask him why questions, it's, it's not so much of an intimate relationship, you know, but when we have access to that intimate relationship with God, we can go to him directly and ask for the things that he wants us to ask for. 
And he wants, he's ready to give those things to us, to those who ask and seek. And, you know, um, so that's, that's a really uh, beautiful story of how God has filled your heart. What was it like getting baptized? For me, it was truthfully a more important day than the day of my wedding. Because I felt, <laughs> I felt it, <laughs> but even though it wasn't a very emotional day, it was a very significant day because it's, um, it's like a public um, decoration of who I'm following, you know, who my, my life, my soul, um, Lord is, you know, the mm -hmm. Savior is, you know, and um, I, I think I also share that with you is that when, when I got married, even though, yeah, it was a big celebration in the worldly, you know, standard or view, but it is really full of uncertainties and questions in a way of that complete out of control, right? And then, so there's that excitement, but also lots of uncertainty. You're not sure how each other will grow, but with with uh, following Christ, following God, you know, I'm, I'm following our maker, like I'm following my maker, my designer, I'm following someone who has been there. And mm -hmm. that sense of um, peace and certainty, just knowing that I will be okay, no matter what, like now I have God in my life, uh, you know, in my, um, as my savior. Mm -hmm. um, and I really felt like, you know, when you are the bride, when you have the wedding, you get really kind of conscious about like what people think of it, like, you know, but I felt like, yeah, you know, at the baptism, it was not so much. Like, I felt like a, it was, a, for me, it was a very intimate bounding or decoration between me and God. And that's something very significant even though I didn't cry and break down I just felt like this is a very important moment <laughs> well I wanted to ask you a more personal question because you're Taiwanese okay. you're Taiwanese <laughs> mm -hmm. do you have any personal thoughts or you know response to the recent sh shooting at the Taiwanese church yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad you asked this question because when it when I was reading about it, I also had a conversation with um with Aiden. Um and one of the things that I told him that, you know, to be reminded of what Jesus um said and prayed before his execution. And he cried out to the father and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, you know. Um and I know our hearts are so saddened by, by the families um, and especially the doctor who got killed. It was such a tragedy and um, the people who got hurt. And then I've, I did also pray for, for the shooter. Um, and then I felt, you know, I don't know his story. And, um, but I know in, in all different ways, we are all sinners and that we all, deserve death, you know, and how God has um, found a way to forgive us through Christ. 
and we all are alive because or we all can be saved because of Christ. So I was talking to Aiden that, um, yeah, it, it was hard. And then I, I felt emotional and very sad when I was watching the news and about the people who had to go through that. And just, just to see how evil is so real, but yet uh, love and forgiveness is also equally real. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, and I, I really pray um, that whatever, even though we don't know why this is happening, but we really can trust that God is in control, and God is um, pray for God to use this um, incident to draw more people you know, to know him, you know, to turn mm -hmm. to Christ. And then mm -hmm. maybe they're the people at church, you know, they, you know, they show their faith stronger in, in Christ, in God um, after this. And, you know, we, we don't know, right? I mean, we don't know, but we, we pray and we feel sad for the people. Um, but yet also pray for God's love and comfort in them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you are um, growing in prayer for our enemies and for the evil, like there you see the hope, you see that in the presence of evil and fear, there's also um, love and peace and, and forgiveness, and you're right, like there that is our response as believers, you know, to love our enemies, to pray for them, to have compassion for them, for they do not know the Lord. So thanks for sharing those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Okay, well, no, I really appreciate um, that you are willing to um, share a little bit more about your testimony and um, to give God glory for the things he has done and the things he's doing in your life. So thanks again, Lisa. I praise God.